feel like a big congratulations is in order here. If you have been following along for the past few episodes of this podcast, and more importantly, if you've been doing the work and implementing what you've learned, then at this point, you've created the foundations of an online business. You have been consistently creating content in your area of expertise and sharing what you know and what you're learning with your audience. You've started an email list so you can stay in touch with your biggest fans and your supporters. And you've been holding up your end of the bargain by emailing them twice each week with updates and new ideas. You've created a simple digital product and you've written your first sales page and let your email list know that you have something for sale. I have to tell you, if you have completed these steps, you are ahead of probably 95% of the people who say that they want to start a business. So give yourself a high five for coming this far. I am so proud of you, and you should be proud of yourself as well. But now you're asking yourself, so now what? What happens next? What do we do? This is episode 96 of the Tiny Course Empire podcast. And today we are kicking off phase two of our online business building series with a first look at how you can begin to turn that foundation into something that continues to grow and improve over time. Welcome to the Tiny Course Empire podcast, a weekly show dedicated to helping you launch and grow your digital course business, even if you don't have a big team or a six-figure ads budget. We'll help you design smart systems, take consistent action, and achieve massive success on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Cindy Bedar. Hey, it's Cindy, and thank you for spending a few minutes of your day with me. You'll find the show notes and the recommended resources for this episode at tinycourseempire.com forward slash 96. While you're there, be sure to download the online business roadmap. This step-by-step plan will show you exactly what to focus on during this phase of your business, whether you're just starting out or you're ready to scale. And scaling is the name of the game for the next few episodes of this podcast, because once you have your business foundation in place, you can start to fine-tune your efforts. You can work on improving your content distribution and your reach so your audience continues to grow. You can increase your conversion rates to make list building easier You can begin adding more sophisticated marketing strategies like tripwires and upsells to increase your sales. We're going to be talking about all of those things over the next few weeks. Today, we're going to start with improving your audience building systems. So we're circling back to content creation, and we're going to look at some ways that you can improve your processes to get your content in front of more people. Let's start by talking about why you're creating content in the first place. And to be clear, when I say content, this might be a blog that you write and publish, or maybe it's a podcast, or you could be some kind of creating some kind of video content, either maybe YouTube or Facebook Lives, for example. I do recommend that you focus on longer form content at this point. So I'm not talking about Instagram Reels or TikTok. Those have their place, but in the world of content marketing, I believe that you should start with longer form content and then come in later with the short form stuff if that's what you want to do. If you're following the roadmap, then you're creating and publishing one long form content piece of content, one long form content piece of content. If you're following the roadmap, then you're creating and publishing one long form piece of content every week. And a big kudos to you if you are getting that done every week. Like I said, 
you are ahead of most people just by doing that. So keep it up. But why are you doing it? What's the point? Why am I asking you to publish this content every single week? Well, content marketing, and that's what you're doing here, is all about building organic traffic. It's about putting your experience and your expertise out there in the world in a way that makes people think, hey, this person knows what she's talking about. I'm going to learn more from her. It really is as simple as that. And I want you to keep that in mind as we talk through some of the things that you can do to improve your content and use it to attract a wider audience. I'm going to give you a few ideas in this episode, but I don't want you to think that you have to do them all at once. Remember, the whole idea for this roadmap is that you focus on dialing in one thing at a time. So ideally, you're going to choose one content amplifier to add to your processes. This entire series is about incremental improvements, so it's okay to take it slow. We're not diving into the deep end of the business pool and hoping you can figure out how to swim. Instead, we are creating systems that you can build on and improve over time. With that said, the first thing that I recommend that you do, and this is kind of more of a general improvement strategy rather than an amplification tactic, but that's to refine who you are creating for and what you're sharing with them. If you remember back in episode one of this series, I asked you to brainstorm a big list of topics to create content around. Now that you've started to build an audience and you're emailing and engaging with them, even just a little bit, you probably can look at that list and see that maybe some of those topics aren't a great fit anymore. Maybe you started out thinking that you wanted to work with intermediate photographers, but based on the subscribers that you're attracting, you can see that they're much more interested in beginner-friendly topics. Or maybe you thought they'd want to learn about portrait photography, but the content that you publish about landscapes gets a lot more engagement. It's this kind of feedback that's going to help you to create content that attracts not just any visitor to your website or to your business, but the right kind of visitor. And it's this information that's going to tell you exactly who he or she is and exactly what they're hoping to learn from you. That's important because it's going to help you decide what products to create down the road. So before you go any further, take a look at the content that you've already published. Look at what posts or podcasts or videos get the most views. Look for themes. Is there a common denominator that you can see? What about comments or feedback that you've received? Does anything kind of stand out there? Can you see any patterns that change who you think your target audience is or what they most need from you? Remember that all of business is an experiment. We try things and we see what works. We create content, we watch how people respond, we look for clues and patterns, and then we create more of what our audience wants and less of what they don't. This isn't a one and done process, though you'll do this kind of review and adjustment continuously throughout your content publishing life, and for the most part, you'll do it without even thinking about it. But right now, you might have to pay a little more attention until it becomes kind of second nature to see these patterns and shift what you're doing as needed. But what about traffic? How do you get more eyes on your content? That's a question that I get asked all the time. And luckily for content marketers like us, we have a lot of options here. First, there's one really easy way that you can get more eyes on your content, and that is to make use of content distribution channels. I'm talking here about publishing content on sites like Medium or Substack. They come with built-in audiences, which is a plus for you if you're just starting out. That can make it easier for you to get in front of more people. 
And here's the thing. You can republish your existing content on different channels, which means you don't have to spend time writing or creating all new stuff. So take that podcast episode that you published last week on Libsyn and publish it on your Medium account. Or take the article that you posted on Substack and publish it on Medium too. Or turn your email from this week into a LinkedIn article. You can cross-post all of your content to a bunch of different channels. Medium and Substack and LinkedIn will all welcome content that you have previously published somewhere else. They don't care if it was published first on your blog or if you're posting something on Substack that was on Medium first. Here's another thing. You will very likely find different audiences on different channels. The same people who are reading Medium probably aren't reading Substack or LinkedIn. So that's another good reason to cross-post your content. And before you ask, because I know that you might be thinking this, there's no such thing as a duplicate content penalty from Google. You absolutely can publish the same piece of content on both Substack and Medium, or on Medium and your own blog, or on your own blog and on LinkedIn. So go ahead and repurpose your content. Publish it on other platforms where it will have a chance of being seen by a whole new audience. I've mentioned Medium and Substack and LinkedIn here since those are the most popular and they also seem to have the biggest audiences. There may be other platforms that make sense for you based on your niche or your style, so don't be afraid to try out some other opportunities. And again, you don't have to do all of these things. I'm not telling you to spend all of your time posting to every content channel you can find, but do look for opportunities to repurpose what you've already created so that you can get it in front of more people. Find out where your customer is most likely to be reading or consuming content, and then put your content there. Get it in front of them. If you don't have your own website yet, meaning that you're creating and publishing content on other channels, but not on a domain that you own, I'm going to strongly recommend that you make that your next move. Buy a domain, get a hosting account, and create a website. It's not as intimidating as it sounds. You can use a site platform like Squarespace if you like. They make it really easy to get started, or if you're feeling a little more confident, you can go with a self-hosted WordPress blog. Publishing content on a domain that you own and control is really important for the future of your business. This is what's going to give you the most control over your content. It's never going to be taken away from you or delisted or demonetized because it is completely under your control. It's also going to give you more credibility, in my opinion. I'm much more willing to buy from someone who has their own domain and website than from someone who doesn't have their own home on the internet. So if you haven't yet taken that step, now is a good time to start. Get a domain, get a website that you own and that you control. And if you are creating content on a domain and on a site that you own and control, then the next thing to do is to start working on your organic traffic. Search engine optimization, or SEO for short, is the act of deliberately creating content with the intent of ranking higher in the search results for a given keyword or key phrase. Now, there's a lot of nuance to this, and honestly, you could spend years learning proper SEO. I'm not qualified to teach this, and I couldn't even scratch the surface of it in a short podcast like this, but learning proper SEO strategies will take all of the guesswork out of writing content that attracts your ideal audience. If you want to sell beginner photography guides to new moms with an iPhone, you can find the right keywords to target 
to attract that exact audience. If you want to sell life coaching to recent college grads, you can use the search engines to get in front of that audience and you can do it for free. All it takes is some keyword research to find out what people who want to learn more about photography or life coaching are typing into Google and then use those keywords strategically in your content. Now, there's obviously a bit more to proper SEO than that. There's link building and understanding your competition, and there are technical aspects as well, such as site speed. Again, it's not something you can learn from a short podcast, but it is worth implementing once you are publishing content on a website that you own. Even if all you do is use good keywords, it will help you boost your content in the search results, and that is never a bad thing. I'm going to link to a couple of useful courses in the show notes for this episode because there are people who are much more qualified than I am to teach you this, but I do want to encourage you to explore SEO as a way of getting more eyes on your content. It's a really, really useful tool to have in your content marketing toolbox. Another option for getting in front of new people is to borrow someone else's audience. For content creators, that might mean guest blogging or getting interviewed on podcasts or on YouTube or Facebook Lives. So look around and see who is creating content that is adjacent to yours. In other words, not your direct competitors, but something that's complementary. If you're a life coach for recent college grads, look for people who are offering career guidance or financial advice or relationship coaching. If you teach photography, look for people who talk about travel or whose audience includes new moms. I think you get the idea. Reach out to these other business owners and let them know how you can serve their audience. Tell them that you'd love to appear on their podcast and share your best tips for taking better newborn photos or mindset strategies to help deal with a demanding new boss or whatever it is that you can offer that's in your wheelhouse and that doesn't directly compete with your host's offers. Remember to make it all about their audience. This isn't about you and it's not about them. It's about helping their audience because that's what any good podcaster or blogger wants to do. So those are five things that you can add to your content marketing system to improve your reach. First, Start paying attention to both direct and indirect feedback and use that to refine your content. And don't forget to pay attention to your own preferences too. I was just talking with a friend of mine today and she mentioned that she's feeling kind of pulled in a slightly different direction than where she started out. She's wanting to create content in a slightly different niche and she was worried that making a pivot like that would hurt her brand. I think it's okay to make shifts like that because if you don't like your subject matter, or if you don't enjoy creating it, or if it's not where your passion is anymore, it's going to be really hard for you to maintain that consistency. So if you find out that you really don't like landscape photography and you want to talk about pet photography instead, do it. Your audience will find you and the ones who don't want to hear about pet photography will find the door and that's okay too. So that's the first thing. Just pay attention to the signals and course correct as necessary. Then you're going to look for wider audiences. Find places to repurpose the content that you've already created. Publish it on other platforms with new audiences. Add that process to your regular publishing system. It will probably add just a few minutes of work every week, and it will be so worth it to get in front of a whole new audience. If you don't yet have your own website, 
make that a priority. It's important. And it's so easy to do today. There's really no excuse for not having your own space and your own home online. Once you have that, then you can start putting the search engines to work for you through search engine optimization of your content. And don't forget to reach out to other content creators where it's a good fit. Guest blogging and interviews can really boost your reach and help you build your email list too. I do want to say again, and I really want to emphasize this, that you don't have to do all of these things all at one time. Choose one, implement it in your processes, make it a habit, do it consistently, then circle back and choose another one and add that into your systems. That's how big improvements are made, one incremental step at a time. Now, the next thing I'd like you to do is I want to hear from you. Would you please click over to tinycourseempire.com forward slash 96 and leave me a comment. Tell me which of these improvement methods you're going to work on first. Share a link to your blog or your Medium or your Substack profile if you like, because I would love to check out what you're creating. And could you do me a favor? If you're enjoying this show, would you pop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you're listening and leave me a rating and review? That helps the algorithms know that you value this content, so they'll show it to more people. That's the best way to help the show grow. That's it for me this week. I will be back next week with some ways that you can get more out of your list building efforts. In the meantime, have a terrific rest of your day, and I will talk to you again next week. If you like what you hear on the Tiny Course Empire podcast, you're going to love all of the courses and workshops and support you'll find inside Six Figure Systems. That's my monthly program where we dig into online marketing for regular people like you and me. We don't do big launches, we don't have the big headaches, and we don't have the big expenses that come with them. Instead, we focus on creating repeatable, sustainable systems that continue to grow over time and that don't suck up all of our energy or require a 10-person team to manage. You can come see what we're all about at sixfiguresystems.com, and I'll see you on the inside.